What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Dear Jack, um, it's hard to know where to begin, where to end, world without end. Amen. Amen. I am in a little hotel room in Dusseldorf. And um, I'm a little slow because it's been weird. I left New York around, I left my house in New York around like 1130 on a Sunday a.m. Got to the airport, got on my plane at 2.30 p.m. Arrived in Dusseldorf at like basically like 10 a.m. and got to my hotel by 11.30. So it was the 20, not, wasn't 24 hours because of the six hour time difference. Six. But um, I had a stopover in Moscow, which basically means I flew all the way around the world and then back again. Um, so weird. I feel really crazy. And then I had a two hour nap in my hotel room and then I went to watch the ballet Amrine do Swan Lake in this way, a version. And then now I'm back in my room and I just ate an apple and there was a little piece of cake in a tiny bell jar dish waiting for me in my room, which was nice. And what can I say? Dusseldorf looks exactly like like any any medium European city Europe. Uh, uh, fine, clean and organized and trains and fine. Something else I was gonna say movies. This is what I'm calling about movies. So I watched several movies on the plane. I watched um, the Han Solo movie with Alden Ehrenreich and and Donald Glover. And I didn't hate it. I don't think anyone in the world saw it. I mean, maybe international box office was good, but <clears throat> I didn't hate it. I did sleep through it about one third of the middle. I just went right to sleep and then finished it up didn't go back and it was pretty pretty good the main girl in it is a British actress and she has this kind of like cool hair at the beginning because she and Alden are like outlaws on this like island of lost children or something or it's a planet and then they get separated for three years he finds her again she's on this like luxury yacht spaceship that looks like a needle or something and they go in it they discover each other in that thing because she is basically like the sex slave partner to Paul Bettany who's like the evil oil warlord of the Star Wars times and they reconnect and she's got this terrible hairdo where she's got a ponytail and then it's parted and then she's got a big poofed bang that comes really low on her forehead, but it's poofed up. She's got a bump and she never changes her hairdo for the rest of the movie. And I really thought that when she returned to her like outlaw self, her hair would follow suit, but it never did. That was my biggest grievance. 
there's a great scene where she's trying on Lando Calrissian's capes. Second, I watched Adrift, the movie with Shalene Woodley and Sam Claffin, where they're on a boat and Storm doesn't go well. You, she's a very good actress. Should I spoiler alert? Spoiler alert, turn off this podcast if you don't want to know. Sam Claffin dies in the during the storm, but Shailene Woodley hallucinates that she finds his body, hallucinates that she cares for him for almost 40 days on this ship, and it's what keeps her alive for the 41 days that she was adrift before she was discovered by a boat near Hawaii. Anyways, then... I watched the beginning of a terrible Russian movie about a girl who's overweight and then she loses weight and her boyfriend wants to get back with her. And then the real reason I wanted to talk to you guys is because I watched a movie, I believe, called Titan with Sam Worthington and Taylor Schilling of Orange is the New Black fame and... Tom Wilkinson, famous British actor of In the Bedroom. I don't know if you've seen it, but you should. It's important with Sissy Spacek and Marissa Tomei. At any rate, Titan is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and you must go see it. It is it is a story of like an ex-military guy who is selected as part of a group of like eight six or eight adults who are believed to be able to withstand some procedures that are going to turn them into superhumans that can go live on Titan because in the future, the world is going to be uninhabitable. And their Titan is one of the moons of Saturn, which sort of has an atmosphere, even though it's freezing cold and there's like giant methane oceans. And so they're trying to soup up people's bodies through like genetic um, treatments to get them ready to go live on Titan. So they're doing these testings on these people and at first it's kind of fun and they put them in these like really gross modern houses that look super dangerous up on these hills where they're doing the testings and each of these individuals has a, their own big home with a pool for their family and they all, you know, they start a new community there. So Sam Worthington of Avatar fame um, is going through these genetic <clears throat> manipulations. He becomes um, amazing at holding his breath underwater, and then he can swim as like as fast as like a dolphin on steroids, like wild. And then other things start happening. Some of the other um, subjects start to flip out, and like. They have to be shot. And then, you know, Taylor Schilling is like, I'm a pediatrician and this is not right what you're doing with my husband and my child. They're not doing anything to the child, but, you know, the family's affected. So she's on to them and she sees there's cameras in the house and that's why there's motion sensors on all the lights. And, ugh, terrible. And then things really start to go awry and... Sam Worthington, like, loses his sight, and there's blood coming out of his eyes, and Taylor Schilling's like, what are you doing, my husband? But then he he recovers, and he can, like, see everything. He can, like, see into the dark, and he's kind of turning into a fish, basically. He's, like, turning into an amphibian, sort of. His hair starts falling out, whatever. 
Then they do like the final sequence of surgeries just to finish her off. And they essentially turn him into some version of the computer graphics person he played in Avatar. Hairless, no nose bridge, giant strandy cords running down his arms, pure pasty white. Um, no more ears. Ears gone. So those are now covered by skin. Um, and he can sh shoot weird tentacles out of his wrist that like can wrap around you to communicate with you because now he can't talk anymore either because I guess no more larynx or something. I don't know. At any rate, um, everyone dies. All the other subjects get killed, I do believe, except Sam Worthington. And then Taylor Schilling's like, you can't kill him. And Tom Wilkinson's like, I'm evil, even though he's like the main doctor guy. And then, um, so now the movie's essentially over and you're like, wait, we didn't even go to Titan. So Taylor Schilling and her son are then shown like being happy together and looking up into the stars because I guess in the end, they did in fact send Sam Worthington up to Titan by himself and then they show him basically in this video game and he like puts his arms up to the side and he has these membranes under his armpits like a bat and he starts flying around on the Saturn moon over the water and then roll credits no explanation as to oh also he's fully naked when he's up on Titan and no genitals. So you tell me how they're going to make any more of these superhumans. You know what I mean? Highly recommend it. You must go see Titan if you can. It's long, not in the movie theaters. You'll have to watch it on an airplane on your way to Russia. By the way, Russians are incredibly rude. Or maybe I, I'm just not attuned to their social mores. Um, but their sense of standing in line and their sense of speaking to stewardesses, etc., is different than mine. At any rate, I won't say more about that. I am in Europe. I have design meetings tomorrow, and then I'll come back on Wednesday. Back to New York. That's it. I hope your foot's healing. I'm sorry about your broke, broke foot. Um, and I'll talk to you laters. Bye. <laughs>
in what sounds like just a, such a garbage movie. Can you believe that movies like that are still getting made? I mean, whenever I think that or I see something and I think, I can't believe that's happening. How is that happening? And then almost immediately, I remember that Trump is president. And I'm like, well, you know, there you have it. Um, garbage uh, st- movies will still get millions of dollars uh, pumped into them and make literally no sense. I mean, I hope it looked great. I really, really hope it looked great. Um, that is so wild about uh, that uh, character's hair not changing when she goes from being uh, in that Han Solo movie. I, I won't see that um, because they're just not my thing. But, oh, I want to see the one that Laura Dern's in because I've heard really... Actually, I've heard pretty unanimous reviews about what she's like in it. And so I just really want to see what that is. Parker uh, sort of imitated what it was like. And I was like, that that seems correct. And I, sh- I want to see it. Um, what movies have... Hey, listeners, I, sh- I should catch people up real quick, I guess. I broke my foot last Monday. Um, in a Tiffany's audition... <laughs> I was auditioning to play the role of a dancing painter opposite of um, Zoe Kravitz, and uh, it was that mu- it was like a misty kind of Monday. That floor was a little wet. I really didn't think much of it, and I just was doing just a little. Uh, so you got to improv to Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. And so I did a Batma with my right and then probably some kind of knee vibration with my right jutting over to my right, but I landed on the outside of my right foot and my foot turned under me. I've never sprained an ankle. Isn't that amazing? Um, but I sure did then or something. Well, I'll find out tomorrow if it's also sprained. Um, and the foot rolled under me and I heard... Uh, just a hideous crack that is still the most disgusting sound I think I've ever heard and um, I'll wake up at night haunted by that sound (laughs) Um, and the guy was like and then I got up and finished and he was like oh great can you um, that was really great can can you go again and I did and then I did it a a third time so I, I repeated this whatever kind of weird combo I made two times after breaking my foot, thinking, I, I'm sure I just sprained it, I'm sure I just sprained it. Walked out of that room being like, wow, this pain is becoming um, really something else. And then, um, as you know, Reed started texting you photos of it, and you were like, mm, that's not right. And uh, sure enough, it's a dancer's fracture on my fifth metatarsal. Um, and the podiatrist is amazing. It's this, I was the first person, I took the first, went to go see the first person I could find who was open, Vinny Meliso, who I'm going to see tomorrow um, on my one-week checkup, who was just, he was great. Um, it does look like, I mean, so far, he said it's going to be six weeks off it, but we'll see. I feel uh, hopeful that maybe it'll just be a month. Um, and what do I do? I, in the morning, I do like a full Pilates, what have you. Um, 
I, I keep the boot on to tone my left leg as I'm doing leg extensions and toe touches and uh, a bunch of rolling up, rolling back. And then I do all sorts of shoulder things because crutches are hell. Um, I just took my first uh, kind of longish walk, which was I got to the river um, that I think the worst part was my hands and the crutches. That feels really not great is the jamming into the wrists. Um, sucks. What can I say? It really sucks. Uh, I, I, uh, it has been a very reflective time and I'm not going to bore you read or our listeners with just what I've been reflecting on. Um, um, let's see what movie. So I decided that in this, I'd be able to watch movies that had felt too horrifying for me to watch before. So I watched uh, Catherine Breyat's uh, 2004 film, Anatomy of Hell, which is where this woman, who's played by the mom from Call Me By Your Name, I can't remember that actress's name, but it's, it's her. I was like, she looks familiar. A woman picks up this uh, gay gigolo at a gay bar and invites him back to her isolated house as she uh, ruminates on um, the long-standing uh, terror of the female body. And um, uh, it was... It's a pretty shocking film. Catherine Bratt's direction, she also did Fat Girl. I think the, that's what the title was in English when it happened here. I think that the actual title, though, is if you were to translate it to something more like, I think it's a Vecma, sir. So it's, I think it's just with my sister. But in a, when it got its English translation, it was Fat Girl. And I remember that movie really shook me when I saw it. But I also find, and I don't know if this is true or not, I find her films to also be very funny. But in the way that I find The Piano Teacher funny, in the way that I find Lars von Trier films funny. And it's always this question I have then with European filmmakers is, do they know it's funny? Or is it just uh, the, the way that I approach it from my vantage point? Uh, in America of um, that I, I you know you and I don't really love self-seriousness Reed so I think it, it's whether or not it's intended as that I can't tell you'll have to check it out I'm sure you won't um, but when the next time I don't know you should watch Fat Girl we'll, we'll watch it here have you seen The Piano Teacher? God it's good a different film Erica of course that's Hanukkah but um, I do feel I'm able to watch body horror films when I'm not well. I remember being really ill and watching Lars von Trier's Antichrist and just laughing through the end and feeling, you know, like a kind of pick me up. Um, have I watched anything else? Ugh, Ingrid Goes West. Did you see that? Oh, wow. I think it's... Um, I knew a lot of what was going to happen in it. Like, I could see it coming, but I can't remember the name of the actress who's the lead. She's phenomenal. I I love her. She's so incredible. All the actors were so good. And it's really an incredible movie about Instagram culture, I would say. In fact, I can't think of another movie about Instagram that... I, I can't think of any, actually. Um... 
it has a kind of tone in a way of welcome to me, though I prefer welcome to me. Um, I just found that to be a more multifaceted film. But this is, it's excellent. I highly recommend. Um, I don't want to do any spoilers on it because I feel like why do spoilers on a movie that's actually really great? Um, And uh, I want you to see it. Um, I, th- my big question is why your flight was that long. I really don't understand. I feel like when these people get your, do these companies buy your flights or are you buying your flight? Because if it's the company buying the flight and if they're just getting the cheapest flight possible, that gives you um, a detour through Moscow. Um, I feel angry. Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm, it's enraging. If you chose that flight, girl, 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 why don't, why don't I look at flights with you next time? But my sense is you didn't choose that flight, and that flight was chosen for you. Um, and no little bunt cake under a bell jar is going to make up for that fucking delay. I can't imagine. That's crazy. Oh, and I'm sure the Russians were rude. I'm... Uh, you know, Cal surprise. Uh, and um, just like Americans are rude too. I gotta say, like in people in airports, hideous. It's, it's a hideous experience. It's a, it's inhumane unless, you know, you're first class and are being whisked into a lounge and then, you know, getting your glass of champagne and probably popping at some clonopin with it while you like dreamily watch Black Swan again. Um, Anyhow, uh, I'll be curious to hear more, um, but mainly curious on just how that flight happened. Dear Jack, that was such an abrupt ending to your memo, voice memo. At any rate, um... I'm going to go through some of your thoughts, and then I'll tell you about my my big German life. I'm so happy that uh, my movie review gave you a respite from your from your broken foot, and I think it's good that you got to feel the pain of that bone once you put your foot on the floor. Um, now you know you are reminded that your bone is broken and you know what knives and bones feel like now. I mean, I don't think you should have to feel that pain. I don't feel that pain, but, you know, it's a good reminder that this thing actually happened to you. I'm sure not being able to walk all the time is a constant reminder. At any rate, um, uh, your hopes about Titan looking good despite being such a bad movie, are, are, uh, it's a no. I can't speak English anymore. Titan looks like a piece of shit. It's really, it looks like a movie that was made for sci-fi channel, essentially. Yeah, that's right. It's like you turn on a movie on sci-fi and for some reason there's like a few movie stars in it. And what I neglected to tell you is one of the best parts of the movie is that there is a woman in the movie who was like literally brought from the 90s 
and placed in this film wearing like high-waisted pleated pants and white t-shirts and wire rim glasses and a really sort of like modest parted on the side bob and she plays Tom Wilkinson's physician's assistant and she's the best part of the movie. She's truly like should have been played by Bridget Fonda or by the lady who is the brown-haired woman in Basic Instinct. Okay. Laura Dern in Star Wars. Really wonderful. I feel I've discussed her on my podcast before. She's a vision in mauve with mauve hair and she wears matte jersey gown that like pools on the floor while she's at the controls of uh, the Starship Enterprise. Right. Um, what do they call that on Star Trek? The Bridge. It's a different show. She's in The Bridge. Um, wow, I was really thrown for a loop when you said the name of the song was Street Dreams Are Made of This. And I immediately was like, oh, Jack, you're so silly. It's Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Who had a mind to disagree? Follow the something and the seven C's, right? It's a rhyme scheme. But then I looked it up and it's sweet dreams are made of this. I don't, I don't get it. But sweet dreams are made of this. That was one of the moments in my life just then where it's sort of like all those moments when you're like, I just never knew. I never knew that that grouping of words meant this thing because I never even thought about it. And I'm drawing a blank for examples, but you all know what I mean. You all know what I mean. Anatomy of Hell is a movie I have not seen, but I have watched the, um, the graphic sex scenes online. Because, you know, sometimes you go browsing with, you know, and it might. It's really, it's really something. If you ever wanted to see a bloody penis, you should look it up. The Piano Teacher. I think The Piano Teacher is a movie I've begun watching. And when I realized that it wasn't a movie that was actually focused on music of any kind, I stopped watching it. Um, probably also when I watch somebody like getting punched in a bathroom or something. I don't like when people are getting violent around a lot of tiles. It's upsetting. Ingrid Goes West. I have seen it. It is an excellent movie. I'm sure I've told you to watch it before. Aubrey Plaza is the star of the movie. She's wonderful. I, I guess you probably haven't watched The Office, but she's so great on that show. And she is so great in that movie. And I think the movie Eighth Grade is also kind of about Instagram and YouTube culture. And you should definitely see Instagram. You should definitely see Eighth Grade. Also, AKA Instagram. Why did I fly through Moscow? Because the company, that's how it went. German companies are very strict about budget. And because of the timeline at which they booked the ticket, because of when I gave them confirmation of when I could come, I guess the best flight time-wise that was available, available flew me through Moscow and they had to come in under a certain number. And, you know, that was that. I did not put up a fuss. I'm a costume designer. That is our lot in life. We do not get flown business class and we take what we can get. 
So that was that. It was endless, but I survived. And you're right, Americans are rude too. It's different. And there are parts of America where people are less rude, like Portland. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, so I covered it. I hope you had a good time at your um, podiatrist today. I'm sure it was all very informative. I went to work today at the Opera House and I uh, sat down with the costume team, with the head of the costume shop and the head men's draper and the women's draper and the manager, the assistant, and we looked through all the designs and made fabric choices. I did explanations of where I wanted closures and uh, specifically what fabrics went where. I chose some colors of sh yarns, yarns, and I, um, there was a lot of other things. I specified how the body of certain garments needed to be sewn into the facings of a garment, and I specified how I wanted finishes done on the ankles of pants and on the wrists of sweatshirts, and um, European costume shops are just incredible. They're always like an entire floor of a building made up of many rooms. There's the hat room, the painting room, the humongous fabric storage, offices, women's draping, men's draping. Um, it's different. It's a different kind of thing. And, you know, I'm privileged to get to do that. And then after I was done with my readings, for some reason, though, I, I felt a little tired. I, I went on a walk around Dusseldorf, and at a certain point, I just felt like a ghost, like a floating body down cobblestone streets. And I was like, I got to get back to my hotel room. But I did stop at a cafe for lunch and I ate some strange things. A tuna fish sandwich on a bagel and it was raisins in it. That's always disappointing. Um, and then I had some rest in my hotel room and that's where I am now. I'm under the covers. It's like five something. What time is it? I don't know. It's five something. There's another piece of cake under the little bell jar. I'm going to dinner with my friend Alban tonight, who I met in China nine years ago. He was a dancer with the Hamburg Ballet and subsequently a dancer with Ballet am Rhein. And now he works here uh, in uh, sort of dramaturgy and management. He writes descriptions of things and gives talks to the audience and stuff. So we've been in communication about this show. At any rate, it is now my duty to tell you that you are about to listen to an interview that I recorded during my wedding trip from episode Reed Goes West. And um, it's an interview that I did with two people I don't know very well, but who I really love, who drove me from Santa Cruz to the airport in San Francisco, and we recorded an interview during the car ride, and those two dancers are Ariel Friedman and Douglas Leatherin, and they are wonderful. And I hope you enjoy this interview. I will too. I haven't heard it in ages. We loves you. 
Where are we? Uh, that's... I don't know. What We're on is. Route 17 heading north. In what state? In California. California, America. And who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ariel Cecilia Friedman. Friedman? Yeah. And who are you? I'm Douglas Edward Lutheran. This is a this is an episode about feelings and um, it's like so we'll just call it we'll call it um, from feelings from Israel or feelings. Oh, no, I'm not. You can't. Bring okay, Israel. I'm sorry. We're in a car with two former Batsheva dancers. No, read. That's a true story. Okay, okay. But that's a commonality you have, and also Juilliard. And also that we're in this car. So we are, where, what's happening, right? We're in a car, we're heading towards civilization from being in the country and being at a beautiful wedding. We're taking Reed to the airport. They're taking me to the airport, which is so lovely and depressing. Same time. Reed has a sunburn. I got sunburned today, which is unusual for me because I'm pretty careful. But just on the back of my neck, so hopefully it's an embarrassing place to be sunburned, but it'll be okay. Um, and then when you leave this state, where are you headed, Doug? Colorado. Why? To meditate. For how long? For 10 days. Quietly? Quietly and alonely. Alonely? Yeah. So you won't see people? Probably not. Is this guided in some way? No, it's solo. You're just, you made it up. It's (laughs) a retreat center geared towards hosting people to do solitary retreats. Solitary retreats. Okay. And Ariel, where do you go? I go back to Israel. To see? To see my babies. (laughs) You have a a baby baby and a man baby. Exactly. Exactly. And you're married. Yeah, I am. (laughs) And you got married a week ago. About a week ago. And it was different though. It was quite a different wedding. It wasn't a wedding at all. <laughs> it was most definitely a wedding. It says so on paper, and that is the important thing. Wow. And Doug? Yeah? You, too, are married, but not for long. No, not for long. And how's that? It's, uh... It's feeling distant? Which element? How long ago the feelings were raw? Yeah, that feels like a longer time ago. But now it's divorce time, which is a whole other thing. It's logistics. It's logistics. It's disentanglement. Yeah. Wow, you've all been married. And we're, we were at a wedding. Have you been married? No. No. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it again. Did you just go to a, a courthouse? Uh, no, because you can't do that in Vancouver. What did you do? We had a wedding in a Buddhist kind of center and it was very minimal. It was supposed to be as if it was in a courthouse but then if you can't do it in a courthouse all of a sudden you have to decide where you're going to do it and then you need a witness and then if you're going to have a witness then other people get jealous and then my mom found out and then my aunt came with my mom and then We're still alive. Driving and talking about a wedding. (laughs) You had when you wanted to. We just started speeding (laughs) towards the car. (laughs) Very tricky. Like a meditator. (laughs) 
You're a meditator. And so I just got my mindfulness on track. <laughs> okay. Saved those. Now, you had, a, like, a, 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 a very intense meditation experience because you went away for nine months to uh, an abbey. An abbey, yes. Um, what makes it an abbey, Reed? Because there were boys and girls. Yes. It, I mean, I feel like it also be a monastery with boys and girls. It is. It's just a monastery is monks, a nunnery is nuns, and an abbey is monks and nuns together. Did, did you see the chef's table about the Korean monk who's a woman? I did. Wasn't I love she that. great? Yeah, that was amazing. Don't you want to make kimchi? I do make kimchi. Never <gasps> Oh, my God. Yes. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy. Now, who's going to be the most happy to hear your voices on this podcast? I don't know. Michelle Mola. Michelle Mola. It has to be people who actually listen to this podcast, which Brianna is not O'Mara. a lot. Brianna. Does Bobby Jean Smith listen to this podcast? Bobby Jean. They're Bobby. all friends. Of the, they've all been on episodes of the podcast. Ooh, what a Meredith. coincidence. Full interviews. <laughs> Meredith. Meredith. What's Ma- which exit is it? Number? Do we need to exit at one of these exits? 17 or 9? In 1.8 miles, we need to exit... 85 North Mountain View. How did that whole experience feel for you this weekend? I loved it. You did? I was surprised by how much I was moved to see Meredith and Jorge get married. I thought it was really beautiful. Was it just certain things in the ceremony that surprised you? Or was it the just like as a whole? I think it was just Meredith being amazing. That was very moving. Yeah. How did you feel? I felt like it was really extraordinary to watch Meredith be so centered and calm for the whole experience and through the whole night. And the way that she communicated with everybody was really easy and generous. And that was pretty amazing because weddings do seem stressful. But somehow the environment that they chose for it and the way that it was all arranged made it seem really simple and nice. Mm-hmm. It um, was very simple. It was unpretentious, but really elegant and comfortable. Yeah, comfortable. It really was comfy. And I, I mean, I did wear rags, which helped. So my personal comfort level was high. I mean, you were dressed you wore like your a judge's judge. robes. I was dressed like a judge. <laughs> <laughs> but like a... Cropped, the crop judges, judges dress. Read for Supreme Court. And how are you dressed? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I was just like I was on acid. That's, that's, that's what some people thought. I was dressed in a purple tie-dyed You dyed slip. it? No, someone else, someone with skills. Tie dyed. Tie Not dyed. I dyed. Not I dyed, okay. but tie dyed. Slip, a strapless slip that is disguised as a, as outerwear by the fact that it's tie dyed, I think. And Doug? I was very navy. You had oh, a full what, suit. What you had a heavy have? wool blazer Yeah, on. it's the only one I had. And if I wasn't, if I didn't have to read something in the wedding, I wouldn't have worn it, but I felt like I needed to. You read a poem. I did. Yeah, which became a point of contention for you and I. <laughs> it did. What a, maybe you should tell people about. It's that. not because of the poem itself. Are you making it? Are you making the whole even bigger? The one that you took? No, because we're doing well. Okay. Doug. 
<laughs> but maybe I think you should tell people about what you said about that moment. Um. Okay. Well, okay. I first, what's happening? I'd like you to deliver. This is me. Oh, okay. To be continued. We're about to tell an We're important story. Yeah, what? yeah. To the left. Left. To the left. Definitely left. So both you and Ariel participated in the ceremony. We did. You said some words. Oops. Yours were particularly oh, I need brief. to go to the right here, right? Or do I go this way? Okay, we're doing a pause. We're back from our pause. <laughs> we're on a highway now that there's some consensus around it. I'm not sure if it's right or wrong, but we're still going somewhere. There's this, like, very sort of depressing late afternoon sun, blinding sun reflecting off of asphalt. I would not call it depressing. Okay, well, to each their own. Okay. I would say it's sort of lulling. It yeah? It reminds me of, uh, you know, car trips, like, as a kid. It reminds me of the end of the day. It does, yeah. But, like, in an uplifted way. <laughs> 12A, no, yes. Yes. Oh, that was a seatbelt. Um, I'm risking my life for this podcast. <laughs> so we were gonna once again rehash this story oh, that yeah. was very that happened just post wedding. Doug, would you like to do your performance from the wedding? Okay, yeah. Okay. Thank you, God, for most of this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a true blue dream of sky. And for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. It's now becoming comedy to me. It's really beautiful, but like the more I hear it, I'm sorry. It's really beautiful. You can read, you can so this is a poem that Doug read at the wedding, and it was lovely, but I was in a place where I couldn't hear much to begin with, and when Doug spoke in that register, I absolutely couldn't hear him, because it wasn't for human ears. And um, so we were having a chat about it as we walked towards the reception. And I was, you know, I, I was giving, I was telling him my experience of the performance. But you gave me an option first. <laughs> and I said, I said, I have, I'm, I'd, I'd like to say this thing, but it's going to hurt you. And I said, yes, please. So. Right. I said, you, I, you don't have to hear it. And I shouldn't have said anything in the first place, which is true, but I was feeling, you know, exploratory. And you knew that we were going to become better friends after you said it. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it would bring us closer. It would, like, know that... Uh, and, at any rate, I basically... I said it... Um, I said his, his delivery was... Uh, what did I say? What were my words? It was an Ohad Naharin moment. It was an Ohad Naharin moment. And um, I stand by that. Uh, and not to say that Ohad would have read that poem, but I think the delivery was like that. Yeah. Do you agree? I. Ariel? Zag has a lot of previous experience with bad press. Yeah, I'm bad. Oh, at, really? I'm really bad at saying. Well, I'll just do it then. I think it's like pretty clear that like 
uh, Ohad Naharan isn't like a one like humanitarian like healthy workplace. Yeah. So uh, I think his dancers probably have very complicated and problematic relationships with him, seeing as how like he now has a baby with one of the dancers and stuff like that. It's it's complicated. Um, but that's not for you guys to say because there's no need for you to get in trouble. I'm sure you had some really positive experiences in your time working there. Um, but yeah, but that's where you came from. I mean, that's a part of you. That's a part of me. And I knew it would hurt you, and I did it on purpose, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, Ariel, your performance was so charming because you couldn't find <laughs> you couldn't find your spot. <laughs> well, just to set the record straight, officially on this podcast, which I'm sure all of Jorge's family will be listening they to. I love this podcast. They love it. I was. The, the in Spain, though, it's called What's Going On With Next. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, keep it going. What's going on with the other stuff? What's happening with the other stuff? <laughs> oh, it's easy. That's easy. What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with the other stuff? <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like Bugs Bunny now. Um, I was... The reading that I was assigned or offered it it was read first in Spanish and the person doing the Spanish reading was reading from a piece of paper tucked into the uh, the English book and when she handed me the book the page that it was open to where there was a bookmark was not the page that the reading was on that the, the yeah that the selection was on and I this was the first time I was holding the book um, okay <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, what's next? this one this one this one 24b we're good <laughs> I think it's better when you're on the map you see I know the, but uh, you see the dot. okay okay I'm on the map this now. one Yes. Are you 24, sure? Yes, absolutely sure. No, this is tw- this is twenty three. I want twenty four B. So what I meant. Was like... You need to get. You need to focus. <laughs> so as we were I saying, we were I was on the wrong the page. <laughs> you as a driver and me as a navigator. I agree. Oh I agree that that was better. But this was a tactical decision because, for various reasons. The point that I'm trying to make no, is that... No, I need... You need to see I, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming okay. up. It's coming up. It's coming up. 24B. 24B. 24B and then what? Just remember that. And then... <laughs> and then we're on that for 23 miles. Okay, Can 24B. I finish my story yeah, now? Yeah. Continue. <laughs> the, I had never actually held... Or seen the book before because I had just been I had been sent a, a, a picture a, no, of the page no, this is it this is the exit <laughs> I had been sent a picture of the page by Meredith and I had never taken note of the page number because it, it wasn't well, yeah. I, you know I, I didn't I hadn't thought that and would then be. we and we had to turn off our iPhones yes and exactly and so straight ahead steady as she goes we were asked to turn off our iPhones in two languages. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an international to power, flight. Yeah, yeah, to power down completely, which was lovely, you know. Um, but yeah, so I got the book, and my the words I were I was looking for were, were nowhere to be found, and I panicked. 
and I shuffled over to Meredith, who was like, you know, two feet away from me. She didn't look upset, did she? No, she didn't look upset at was all. She, she laughing? Was laughing. She was the one. She, <laughs> she actually, find it. it's true. She actually, she she sort of like whispered up to me. It begins. We all traveled, and I sort of whispered back, "I know, but it's <laughs> not the pit, but it's not here." And so then I shuffled over to her and I showed her the book, and then she like you know flipped a few pages and we spotted it, and then all was well in the kingdom. So we got through the ceremony, I hurt Doug's feelings on purpose, and we, there was a cocktail hour, we all separated, had interesting conversations, I'm guessing. Ariel? Um, I was mostly, I spent a lot of time with, with a, with a baby, with baby Wren. I was, I wasn't conversing so much with her in words, but I felt that it was very much quality time. Energetic conversing. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what you were doing with me, Reed. We did have some of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and who were, and you were talking to people, I'd imagine. Me? Yeah. Cocktail yeah, hour. Sure. Yeah. And we sat down at our tables. We were not seated t- together. You two were. You sprained your ankle. I sprained right. my ankle he, early he danced on. danced himself off the I dance slipped floor. right off the outside dance floor because there was a little lip. I fell to the floor when I rolled over the outside of my right foot. And this today it's quite bruised. But I'm walking fine, so I feel good about it. I took some Advil. Um, So now I've just turned this podcast into a recounting of Meredith's wedding. (laughs) Really, I want to talk about feelings. Okay. Okay, but let's get back to feelings. So now that we're all of a certain age, and I'm 37, and Ariel, how old are you? 35. 35, Doug, 33. Yep. I feel, for me anyways, I'm getting to a place where these kinds of gatherings are slowing down a bit in terms of how many there are. And I'm starting to realize there won't be very many more opportunities for all these people I've loved from my youth to gather again in celebration of someone's marriage. So it's feeling like a loss in a way. And are you experiencing any of that? Um, not in the same way, no. Okay. I, I have to say also not so much because I I don't I haven't really had like a a steady stream of these kind of events before. Right. This is this is a very sort of singular and special standout event for me. Cuz also when you like as many dancers living abroad you don't really get to go to people's weddings right. casually. Right. They've all sort of passed by. If it's like you know one person that you really love you make yeah. it, you make it you happen make but otherwise it's kind of it's impossible yeah so we don't have as much of this culture of it happening regularly i think did the did the ceremony and the time here make you reflect on your own relationships and the kind of relationships that you hope to have yes, yes. <laughs> well i for one i would like to say that my relationship with Meredith is kind of newish, but something that I've started to realize in like later in life, in my 30s, is that when you, there's something that really special happens when you meet someone that you didn't necessarily grow up with or have like a school experience or a company experience with, that suddenly you just recognize each other and you know like actually we're friends as if we had done all these things together right and to find a new friend later in life is so special and I think that's only happened to me 
really like twice that you meet someone that you're just like oh yes we are as if we have been through all these things together good friends even though we haven't and then we like both kind of agree and operate on that level and that's really special so I have that with Meredith which is amazing wow and where did you meet her? I think probably first time in San Francisco maybe Tel Aviv even I don't remember well I'm hopeful that what you're describing is happening between all of us now (laughs) yes exactly because I didn't know you guys well I certainly didn't know Doug at all I mean, I knew you by reputation because... I knew you as a famous famous. podcaster. Yeah, (laughs) I knew you as... I didn't know you had a podcast until this weekend when I was... So not that famous. No, but extremely famous. But only famous because I've dressed you. Not only because of that, just a general sort of fame in all things dance. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's nice, but I've dressed you for two Helen Simino pieces. That's also true. And you've been a pleasure. Easy as pie. Pleasure too. And don't we like to because friends, we've, I'm not being a very good interviewer. <laughs> other kinds of feelings? What are other kinds yeah, of Yeah, in what way are we, are we talking about feelings that come from attending a wedding? Yeah, well, it's oh, interesting because right. in the past, I, a wedding felt really celebratory and, and like reconnecting with a kind of family, but, and this is one of the first times where I'm feeling a little bit more loss somehow. I mean, it was beautiful and celebratory, but I'm also like acknowledging that I don't have a lot of contemporaries anymore who will continue to get married. Um, and there's sort of a phenomenon that happens with gay men where when you're in high school and college, you have very close relationships to women. And then those, those women friends do get married and they do leave your sphere in a way and then you end up with more male friends and it's weird and I hadn't thought about it till recently but I was like I used to only have girlfriends yeah and now we're all just kind of stuck with each other boys well I'm in this weird position now where it's like I'm I'm in a new newer dance company and what's that? Hans Theater Wuppertal Pina Bausch so you've been doing some performances with the Pina Bausch Dance Company yeah and how's that? Have you enjoyed learning the old dances? I have, yes. And is it how many of the old ones have you been a part of? Mm, I don't know, maybe five. Wow. And now, new ones. Now also new ones. And additionally, you're working with Crystal Pipe. Crystal Pipe. Pivot. There's a lot of jealous children listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. I mean, I I think it seems to me, anyways, that. Where when we were young and in college, people wanted to dance for Batsheva. <laughs> I think when I was young, people wanted to dance for like, oh my god, I don't even know, like Doug Verone or something. I like, wanted to dance for Doug Verone. Every college student wants to dance for Doug Verone. And I, Ariel and I both desperately wanted to dance in Batsheva. Yes, absolutely. And you know, there are some people who are like, I want to dance for the Lindsay Dance Theater, I want to, but like, I do feel like Crystal Pite is like the first name on all these kids' lips. Yeah. yeah. So you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. <laughs> um, so, wait, why are we talking about that? There was a reason. Because um, of oh, your right. profound confusion and sadness? Yeah, well, now I kind of have this new... I didn't feel like I had any um, 
space. I did not want to join a, another dance company. I did not see that in my future or want that. Dance companies are hard. Yeah, but I, it did make sense with the Towns Theater because that was my dream. And from a long time. From ago. a long time. Really? Ago. Like you knew that, Ariel? I knew that because when I knew Doug as a, a young boy <laughs> in college, I mean, I remember that he really, really wanted to be there. Wanted to work with Pina, maybe I, more accurately. Wanted yeah. to work with Pina. I auditioned for her when I was 19. Wow. Yeah. But so now I ended up in this situation where I wasn't ready to embark on a whole new set of friends, mm. buying another couch, learning oh. another language, uh-huh. dealing with all of that stuff of like being a dancer in a new company, in a new country. Like I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't have the patience for it. And now it's just kind of happening. And there are amazing people there who are now new friends, but then all of the old friends that I have are kind of all over the place. Like Ariel and I are great friends. We see each other like once a year, maybe. It's been more than a year yeah. since we saw each other. Wow. So I don't have like a, I don't have the situation where I can feel those things around me changing. Right. It's kind of like a, just a groundless situation anyways. And now I'm now I'm going to be half in Vupertal, half with Kid Pivot. So already then I realized that like for the next three years we were just saying geographically it wouldn't make sense for me to even have a partner for a long time. Well, what kind of things can bring you joy like that don't involve um, your job and that don't involve being really grounded somewhere? Well, that's a that's a very profound question. But I think that. I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but you're making me say it. <laughs> Not me? Yeah. It that, seems I make you say a lot of things. Yeah, that's okay. true. <laughs> that, I, that a sense of... That homelessness is maybe the most profound sense of home. I need you to elaborate. That... Meaning, like, knowing... Like, having the feeling of homelessness gives you the well, most say desire I for mean, home. I mean homelessness in the sense of groundlessness. Right. Not actually. No, no, I yeah. understand that. We're all, like, spoiled. Yeah. Um, yeah, that... That maybe this, like, this place of groundlessness, or just groundlessness in general, is this kind of underlying reality to all of these things happening, like your friendships that you've had that are falling apart. What, what is underneath all of that and then if you kind of make your heart at home in groundlessness then the way that you relate to all these things like as it falls apart as your relationships fall apart that doesn't necessarily represent a sense of loss right but it can just be the natural order of things and to love a bit without attachment and not to make this a Buddhist discourse but home and homelessness is kind of goes there pretty fast what do, you, what do you think about that, Rita? I really like that a lot. And I know I'm a sarcastic person, but I really... That makes a lot of sense to me in the trajectory of my own experience as a dancer and as a professional person. Having been a, a young adult that just moved from place to place and had to develop a new family everywhere I went. Right. To, like, really embrace the idea of, like, the joy of discovery and 
the acknowledgement that there will be loss, but without, like, getting too bogged down by it, because there will be more discovery of friendship beyond, you know, the losses that can happen continually. So, you know, these weddings are, like, these times where you see these people who you feel are have been a loss in your life, like friends that you don't see and friends that you've loved, and then you're reminded of that love and you're, you can sort of click back into what that friendship meant to you, but, you know, in two days they're going to go away again. Yeah. It's like a tease. Yeah. So I, I love it and I don't. I don't love it. I think that is exactly right. Because now it's over and I'm going to go into the airport and it's not going to feel great. No. But I'm going to eat a lot. And you mentioned have a, have a little cry. I may have Probably. a cry. I like to cry a little once I get through security. Are you yeah. going to watch a movie on the plane? Absolutely. Which one? I'm not sure yet. Have you seen Adrift? Adrift? <laughs> oh, tell me about that. I watched that on the plane. <laughs> Sounds depressing. Here. <laughs> It's good. Is that a boat movie? It's a true story. <laughs> okay, yeah. is it starring an old man? No, no. that's a, that exactly what I said. That's a different boat It's not movie. Robert Redford. It's not the Robert Redford What is it? Movie. Are there... It's oh! It's a true story about a man and a Oh, I know this. Passionately in love. It's a love boat story. Had sailed their boat into a storm. Right. And, and who is out. the actress in this movie? I don't know her she, name. Help me remember. Shilene Woodley. There you go. We were just talking about her on the podcast because Big Little Eyes. Oh, she's in that? Yeah. Wait, but I've seen Big Little Eyes. I can't remember anymore. Is she's that a the, movie? She's the dark-haired young girl who's new to, new in town who's was raped. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> a handsome blonde actor. Who's in Adrift, you mean? Yeah. He's not exactly blonde, but he's very handsome. <laughs> well, movies. Yeah. Um, any movie recommendations, Ariel? Um, Ariel has her homework on the plane right home. That's right. I'm required to watch Adrift and also Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. On my plane ride from Israel to San Francisco, I watched four movies. So good. I watched... Uh, it's, it gets blurry after three, you know, so I, I am going to try to recall. I know that I watched Borg McEnroe, which I'm really glad that I watched. Oh, yeah. I watched that, too. That was nice. Yeah. Um... I'm not one for a sports movie, but I enjoyed that because it was more of a psychology movie. Yes. I'm thinking about watching The 85 Bears on my way back. What's that? That is a, a sports documentary about the Chicago Bears in 1985. Okay. Um, and Barack Obama is in it. Wow. He didn't play on the no, Bears. <laughs> but he speaks about it. Um, I watched Black Panther. Fun. I watched. I I I can't remember. Someone in front what of me I was watching with. Black Panther on the plane right here, and I almost couldn't watch what I was watching because it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was very. Because I've absorbing. seen it, but I kept sort of being like, I want to look at that one. Yeah, exactly. It's fun to look at. It's very fun to look at. I I really enjoyed it, and I, the whole time I was all I all I almost all I knew about it was that at some point Trevor Noah's voice was going to appear and so and that only actually happens very very close to the end so I was like waiting in what way he's a he's the he's a computer voice oh like a navigation system voice have you seen this movie Doug no okay well then that can be your plane well you're only 
You're not going so far. No, not for a while. Okay. Uh, I see planes, which means we're close to the airport. We're it's getting taking fairly us straight close. To the airport. Almost. We have Are a you guys of dropping turns. the car off? Yeah, I think we're gonna do Are that. Gonna yeah, you gotta take Bart. You. That's a. That's your decision, Doug. Do you save money by dropping it off today? No. You guys have really enjoyed meeting you over this weekend more. I really enjoyed meeting you more. And over I'm so this thankful weekend. we had to have this car ride. Right? Me too. Sorry for the navigation. That was one of the better parts. Yeah. <laughs> I think this whole episode should just be the de- only the navigation <laughs> bloopers and like the sense in my voice like, being really pissed off and trying to keep it together. Will you will you greet Michelle Mola? Michelle. Michelle! I love you! Good. And who would you like to greet? Um, Former classmates. I'm gonna send a shout out to Harvey. <laughs> Because she's gonna start, she's gonna become a listener of this podcast she's starting the right now. Age demographic. Yeah, I think she's two. She's two. Yeah. She's, two. She's, she's gonna be two really soon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. I got an exit coming up. Okay, well, yeah. we love you, listeners, and hope you enjoy this episode, which may or may not be a bonus episode and may or may not ever air. <laughs> Bye. Say so we love you. We love you. Loves you.